This is Bob Gimlin, and listen to Alasquatch. Welcome to Alasquatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Holy cow, we're back. We are back from Washington. Man, feels like I haven't put anything out in forever. I guess uh, the last episode dropped on June 14th, so it hasn't, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't even been a month, but uh, I've had a lot go on since then and now, so wow. Um, what are we going to talk about today? I'm just going to do a really quick wrap-up on the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. Uh, I think I've got some cool insights uh, to bring to the table, being as it was like my first time, not not as a speaker, because I've spoke at the Sasquatch Roundups before and uh, a couple other places, but I've never, I've never been a vendor. So it was really my first time as a vendor, I guess. And uh, I just, I thought I would kind of talk about how it was different than some of my other uh, conference experiences it just was kind of a different animal this go around and um i felt uh i felt i mean i had fun and i really really enjoyed talking to the other enthusiasts and researchers and people that showed up and i just i i I always learn something new when i go and talk to other people that uh are into bigfoot and bigfoot research and it seems like there's always something i pick up and either put in my toolbox or, or put in the back of my head um, for future reference, just in case. Or or maybe I, I, I hear something that kind of ties something else together, kind of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And that must be why they do this or something like that. But uh, this one, I mean, it was different. Although I did get to hang out and talk to some really cool people, uh, I didn't get to do a whole lot of I guess festivities. I didn't get to uh, walk over to the uh, to the vendor, other vendors, and I'll, I'll explain that a little bit in a more more in detail. But uh, this was the first Medellin Falls Bigfoot uh, Festival. It was a film festival and a conference per se, and they had something of a um, a town hall. I believe during 2020 and <clears throat> there was a lot of people there, like a lot, like way more than they expected. And I think that kind of planted the seed for them to do this uh, festival. So it's been some time in the making. They've been working on it for a while and uh, it finally happened. And I was lucky enough. I got invited to speak uh, probably thanks to Stephen major, much thanks to him. And I was uh, there with the likes of like Ken Gerhard, Adam Davies, Bob Gimlin was there. Um, man, who else? I know I'm leaving a bunch of people out, but um, there was just uh, Igor Bertsev was there. I mean, just like a lot of pillars in the uh, 
community and to be basically like lumped in with those guys and put um with you know my table like over there in the area where their tables were where the speakers tables were it was just kind of it was kind of weird kind of surreal kind of like i don't know that i'm uh supposed to be here <laughs> but uh, i had uh, a really great time uh we got there on friday night and uh, they uh, treated us really well they fed us so good uh, they had some volunteers working in the kitchen and i mean they were just taking really good care of us they fed us really well and it was just phenomenal uh, they put us up in the hotel which is a historic hotel it really reminded me of the Low Hotel in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. In fact, the town, the whole town of Medellin Falls, it almost has a Point Pleasant kind of vibe to it. And I don't mean that in a creepy way. I don't mean that it's creepy. It's just, um, you know, it's an old town and it's kind of, uh, I don't want to say past its prime, but it's, it's just, there's not much there anymore in the way of industry or, uh, economics or jobs, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a, in a in a derogatory way at all. It's happening to a lot of towns. Uh, in fact, if it wasn't for tourism, our town here where I live wouldn't have anything. So it's just kind of one of those old, small towns uh, that, you know, had, I guess, a heyday. It had a, a big industry. Uh, they had a big concrete plant there where they produced uh, concrete for nearby dams. And then, you know, they built the dams and the, the concrete plants shut down, kind of uh, affecting the, the economy of the, of, the, uh, of the community. And so you've got that big, this big hooking concrete plant kind of in the background of the town. You can just, you can pretty much see it everywhere you go in town. And it's just kind of this reminder of, of what used to be, I guess. And um, it just had a really weird vibe to it, almost like a Point Pleasant vibe. And of course, the hotel. I don't remember what year the hotel was built, but it just had such a, a, a old time vibe to it. You know, the it's just built so uh, old timey because you go upstairs and everything's wooden and it's all you know creaky and um, the bathrooms are. It's almost like community bathrooms where you know you, if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you got to get up, leave your room, and go find a bathroom. And it was. Uh, it was really, it was a really cool, it was a really cool vibe. Um, the only complaint I had was our, our, um, our power outlet. We had one power outlet in our room and it didn't work. And that kind of, kind of put a monkey wrench in my plans because, um, we had, uh, purchased a, or had got a square device in order to accept credit cards at our booth. Cause we thought, you know, most people use credit cards anymore. <laughs> And so that was, um, we, we were depending on our phones to be able to accept credit cards and we weren't able to charge our phones. So, um, it, it ended up working out. I had a, um, some solar powered chargers that I had brought because I thought I might need them on my, um, expedition after the, after the festival. And I just happened to have them all good and ready to go and charged up. And, uh, so between, those and just uh, plugging our phones in whenever we could like find an outlet. Like when we went to dinner uh, the one night for the VIP dinner, my wife like plugged her phone into a nearby outlet and just had it charging while we were eating. So 
And then at night, we put our phones in like airplane mode to conserve batteries. So it, it worked out, but it was just one of those little unexpected things. Uh, you know, when we got our room, they told us just go upstairs and pick out a room, and we did. And uh, we picked one kind of away from the stairway uh, so we wouldn't hear people coming and going. And it kind of backfired on us because that was the room where the uh, outlet didn't work. Uh, but uh, we didn't we didn't even think about it till till like after the fact. So it it worked out okay. We didn't run out of um, juice. Uh, we didn't run out of power on our phones. We were able to process uh, all the credit cards that came in. And uh, ironically enough, most people pay with cash, uh, which is funny because I was talking to Stephen and he was telling me that at his booth everybody wanted to pay with a credit card, but uh, at my booth everybody wanted to pay with cash. I think we only ran two or three credit cards. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy there. But for the most part, everything, um, it went really smoothly. Everything was pretty well organized. Uh, there was a little hiccup in getting my presentation. I was the first one to speak on Saturday morning. So there was a little hiccup getting my presentation uh, rolling and ready to go. And um, then uh, the computer that they were running the presentation on, it kind of, it was too slow to uh, process my PowerPoint. So uh, I probably, probably gave... And all waiting for the slides to load and all that, I probably only was able to give about half my presentation um, on the first day. On the second day, it went great. Uh, they had me in a different venue. I was in a tent, and uh, it went by pretty quick, and everything worked well. They had a really good uh, tech set up in that. But, yeah, in the Cutter Theater, I had a, a little problem with my presentation. And at one point, I thought I was just going to have to wing it and um, go without my PowerPoint and just talk, which I can do. I could have done that, but I didn't, I really didn't want to because part of, you know, the allure of my presentation was to show people Port Chatham and to show them places, you know, a place that they'll probably never get to see. Uh, in my opinion, that's, you know, worth the price of admission alone. I mean, to, to get to Port Chatham is almost impossible for most people. So I was thinking that, um, my presentation, if I could just, you know, give them a little glimpse of Port Chatham and, and, and what it looks like and the scenery and the terrain, that uh, that would uh, really be something special that they would remember. And also, it would be a nice uh, lead-in for my book, a nice commercial for the book. So, anyway, um, it went it went pretty smooth. I mean, you know, anytime you have a first-year conference, there's always going to be hiccups, but I thought it went well. Uh, I had a good time. Uh, I love spending time uh, with Will Ulmer from Bigfoot of Stevens County. Uh, he was there. He was uh, he he was partying pretty hard. And by partying, I don't mean he was drinking and, and carousing. I mean he was he was networking and talking to people and looking at uh, track casts. And I mean he was putting it in. He really had a good time. I don't think he got any sleep. And uh, really always enjoy spending time with Will. Uh, great phenomenal researcher very attention to detail oriented um and i've got some more stuff coming up with him i'm definitely going to do another episode here pretty soon about our time in the field together uh we spent was it two or three nights out in an area of stevens county and um you know i had wanted the one of the main driving forces between my uh, behind my trip down there was to get back into the area where we filled Bigfoot encounters in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I'll go into this a little bit more in detail in, in that episode where I talk about that um, outing. But uh, alas, it did not happen because 
uh, we drove into that area and they had started to log it. And there was, I mean, it didn't look like the same area. It was just completely cleared of trees. And the Squatch Road, if you've seen the, the movie, you know what I'm talking about. The road uh, is almost non-existent anymore. It's just been completely cleared out. And the campground was closed. And the sign on the campground just basically said, hazards exist, campground closed. So we couldn't even get in there. And it really, you know, I've never been one. Maybe it's because I live in Alaska. I've never really been one that's been worried about Bigfoot's habitat or them running out of places to live or anything like that. Because, you know, I live in Alaska and if one area gets developed, they can just move to another pretty easy. It's, you know, pretty massive. There's a lot of available land for them. But seeing that, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of sparked a little... uh anger in me because I, I know, well, I don't know, but I'm, I'm positive I'm, that they live in that area and that they're around there. And I, it kind of made me mad knowing that they're probably getting displaced. So anyway, uh, that's, that's a story for another time. Uh, we're going to talk about Methylene Falls today, but yeah, um, the trip back into, uh, to the film side of Bigfoot Encounters of the Pacific Northwest, it didn't happen. I was looking forward to that more than anything. And because of recent logging, uh, the area was closed. So I'll have um, I'll have a video and uh, another podcast out on that soon. But uh, anyway, at the Medellin Falls Festival, I finally, finally got to meet Dr. Robert Alley, uh, author of Ranko Sasquatch and his new book, Brushes with Bigfoot. Uh, I took my copy of Renko Sasquatch and had him sign it. And then I also purchased a copy of his new book and had him sign that as well. So I'm so happy that I have both copies of his book or both uh, editions of his book. And they're signed and just was really glad to meet him. Uh, he's just such he's on such a different level. He just if you get him going, he can just talk and talk and talk about all kinds of things from environment to uh, the different types of behavior to all kinds of stuff. And it's almost too much. It's kind of like drinking out of a fire hose, listening to Dr. Alley, because he can just, he can just go, he can talk for hours and, I'm not, and uh, it's just so much information to process that it almost overwhelms you. But uh, I really enjoyed meeting him. Uh, it was really uh, honor if after I've read Renko Sasquatch probably three or four times and to finally get to meet him and uh, just hear him talk about the different types of uh, encounters up here in Alaska and some of his experiences it was just amazing and then of course uh, who else was there let's see Bob Gimmel was there it's always great to see Bob I love Bob and uh, I got him to um do a little promo for the show, which I'm going to edit up and, uh, maybe I'll attach it to the beginning of this episode. And, uh, I also, I took him a patch from, uh, the Homer police department. And cause you know, as you know, Bob's lived a very interesting life. He's done a lot of things. And, uh, at one point he was a uh, police officer. I believe he was a reserve officer and I gave him a patch, um, and I, I t actually took several patches because I knew there was going to be some representatives of law enforcement there. 
And so I gave uh, Bob a patch, and I also gave a gentleman from the Border Patrol a patch, and uh, he traded me the patch for a really cool challenge coin. And um, if you want to see that, you can check out the companion video of this podcast, the Medellin Falls uh, slideshow. I actually did a slideshow because we didn't get a whole lot of video, uh, and most of the time when I wandered away from my table, I left my phone uh, in case my wife needed to run a credit card or something. So I didn't get a ton of video, um, and there was another. That was another problem we ran into. Uh, my phone would connect to the credit card reader, and hers would not. So <laughs> even though we had tested it before we left, and it was working fine. So there's always something, you know, and it's a good thing, you know, two is one and one is none. So we had a we had a backup, and uh, luckily for whatever reason, hers wasn't working. So uh, we were able to use mine. Um, in the meantime, but it meant I had to leave my phone behind a lot and, uh, miss out on some really cool, uh, videos and pictures and stuff. So it is what it is. Um, if you want to check that video out, it's on my YouTube page, the Alaska watch YouTube page, uh, or channel. I rather, I'm still new to all this, uh, social media stuff and begging for, for likes and subscriptions. So uh, if you head over there to the, hoo-hoo, cool, I'm, I'm talking too fast. If you head over to the Alasquatch YouTube channel, uh, give us a like and subscribe. I'm trying to get my subscription numbers up um, just because I want to try and monetize the channel. And uh, it's not really because I want the money. It's because I don't want other people to profit from it. If you guys are familiar, uh, I've been grousing recently about how I found out they were showing ads on my channel and I'm not getting paid for it. Somebody else is obviously making that money. And uh, the way they justify it is if you have under a certain amount of subscribers, uh, they can just do whatever they want. So if you could please, um, you don't have to really even watch any videos. I'd appreciate it if you did, though. Uh, If you just swing on over there to the Last Watch YouTube channel and give it a subscription. Uh, That way, uh, big tech uh, will stop profiting from my work. I'd appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. What else? Let's keep it happy. I don't want to complain about too much. Speaking of Bob Gimlin, so my wife, oh, I guess I am too, but uh, my wife is a fanatic fan of a podcast called Tell Them Steve Dave. And uh, for those of you that are not aware, it's a podcast that's um it's about these three friends and they all kind of got their i guess i don't want to say start but they all they're all friends of the filmmaker kevin smith and the the name of the podcast tell them steve dave is based on a line in a movie that uh, kevin smith did and it kind of i think it actually pops up in several of his movies but uh anyway the podcast tell them steve dave it's been around for years and years and it's um it's really, it's almost like Seinfeld. It's a podcast about nothing. I mean, they just, every now and then they'll pick something out of the news to talk about, or they'll just talk about their lives or what's going on. And they're really, it's really funny. And they're really funny guys. It's really entertaining. Um, if you just come into it, like if you just, if you've never heard it before and you just listen to an episode like tomorrow, the newest episode, you might not get it like you might have to listen for a little while because you have to kind of get to know the guys on the podcast and just kind of get a feel for them because uh, you know listening to it after we've been listening to it for years so it's kind of like listening to old friends 
And I know what you're saying. What the hell does this have to do with Bigfoot? I'm getting there. <clears throat> so recently uh, they were doing a podcast about, uh, they were talking about that Sasquatch show on Hulu. And they were talking about basically how they didn't think Bigfoot was real and that the uh, the PG film wasn't real. And they were they were calling uh, Bob Gimlin, they were calling him Bob Gremlin. <laughs> and they were just kind of being, you know, it was basically somebody that had done absolutely no research or looking into the subject talking about it. So you can only imagine, you know, like I'm sitting there like, it's Gimlin, Gimlin, you know, and... I'm I'm like squirming in my shoes trying to like wanting to scream through the mic to tell them what's going on. And anyway, so we're at the Medellin Falls Festival and my wife thought it would be funny to get um some a little a snippet of, of Bob Gimlin going, tell him Steve Dave. <laughs> so so uh she asked Bob, and of course Bob being a gentleman, he uh, he obliged. So she got him uh saying actually I think he says hell him Steve Dave instead of tell him, but he, <laughs> it was pretty cool. And, uh, she sent it to him. I don't know that they've, uh, reacted to it or if they've even really seen it, but, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. So we got, uh, we got Bob Gimlin to, uh, to set the, the record straight for tell him Steve Dave. And actually it's kind of, it's kind of apt if you think about it because they couldn't get his name right and he couldn't get their name right. So, <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny, but, um, yeah, that was a that was a really cool moment seeing seeing my wife uh, interact with Bob Gimlin and and just trying to get him to understand like giving him this like really quick and down and dirty explanation of tell him Steve Dave and how they were getting his name wrong and you know she wanted to send him something from him and uh, it, it was it was pretty cute. Uh, otherwise, you know, I really didn't get to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, I didn't get to see any of the other presentations. I spent most of the time trying to man my booth because I just, you know, I wanted to be available to uh, personalize books for people. And we sold quite a few. We didn't sell quite as many as I wanted. And um, I think a lot of reason for that was they had the vendors on one side of town and then they had the speakers and the personalities on the other side of town next to the theater. And uh, we had a, a few people come through that were like, oh, we didn't know you guys were over here. And... I feel like a lot of the times before the, you know, the people had already walked through the vendor area. And a lot of times when people go to something like that, they'll set aside a certain amount of money. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to take, you know, like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever to spend. And then they'll walk through the vendor area and they spend their money. Well, then they were coming over to where we were and they had already reached their budget and they were like, oh, <laughs> so <clears throat> I've actually, um, after the conference, I've sold a, f a few books online on my website, and I just wonder if it's people that saw it uh, at the conference and for whatever reason couldn't pick it up there and then ordered it later on. So anyway, that was probably my my chief, I don't want to say complaint, but was, that was probably my chief concern of the, of the conference was uh, just the placement of where they put us. Uh, it's been addressed. It sounds like next year they're going to do something different, and uh, they're going to have us uh, maybe in with the regular vendors and maybe just have a certain uh, section of of the uh, vendor area where they'll have the personalities or something so uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes I'm, I'm looking forward I definitely want to go back um, just because one I love the little town I love the people there the volunteers were so helpful everybody that um, was organizing it and putting it together 
uh, was just so friendly. And uh, another reason is because I really want to go back there and do some more uh, research and looking around and camping. I had a really great time. Uh, however, uh, no one was as surprised as I while I'm out doing my uh, camping and uh, research. I, I hate calling it research, but it it's just for levity's sake. And uh, it, we hit a unprecedented heat wave in that area. I mean, it, one day it was like 108 degrees. And I'm, of course, sleeping outside or sleeping in the car and sleeping, you know, like in campgrounds. Oh, my gosh, it was so hot. And uh, that, was a, that was a challenge that I really didn't think I was going to have to face while I was there. Um, I knew it would be warm. But I didn't know that it would be, you know, heat stroke warm. <laughs> so uh, I'll address that in another podcast where I talk about some of my outings and, and stuff like that. But man, well, you know, of all the luck, I hit the Pacific Northwest right in time for a unprecedented heat wave. It was crazy. And I was surprised, to say the least. I knew it was going to get warm, but when it started... Uh, hitting 100, 102, 104. And like I said, at one point, I think it was 108 degrees, which may be some of the warmest temperatures I've ever spent outdoors in. I, I think I was in Louisiana one year for a military exercise, and it was probably in the 80s and 90s. But I think that was probably the first time I've ever been out in 100 plus degree heat and actually like sleeping outside in it. So yeah, it was uh, it was something uh, that I was not prepared for. I think I bought four cases of water, and I think I went through about three of them. I think I had one left over <clears throat> at the end of my um, expedition. So <laughs> anyway, I'll have another podcast, and uh, I'll have some videos up uh, detailing that and my adventures there and in Stevens County. Uh, if you guys want to see some photos. And learn some more about the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. You can check out my YouTube channel and you can watch a little slideshow I put together. Also, Grassman58, the Bigfoot of Stevens County YouTube channel. He has a really cool video uh, he put together of the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. You can check his video out. You can go give him uh, some likes and some subscriptions. And uh, I think I'm going to put a pin in it there. I'm looking forward to going back to uh, that area of the country again. Spending some more time there, both uh, for festivals and conferences and just general squatching. I think uh, they have a pretty healthy population in that area, and I think that's a, a good area to concentrate your efforts if you're so inclined. So anyway, guys, um, I'm going to put a pin in it there, and I'll pick it up uh, hopefully next week with another episode and another companion video. And uh, you guys uh, keep on listening and Give me some likes and subscribes. Uh, review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. I appreciate it. And uh, keep it squatchy out there. And uh, hopefully if you're having a great summer, you can uh, go out and enjoy a Bigfoot festival or conference in your area. I think if you're into the subject, I think everybody should go to at least one and just uh, just experience it. Uh, they're, they're really great um, ways to meet new people and network and learn new things um, of course you know there's vendors there 
if you're into that kind of stuff, you can spend money. You absolutely don't have to spend money other than to get into the conference, probably. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it's just a great, it's like a Bigfoot party. Uh, and there's lots of stuff there available, like party favors and knickknacks and stuff for you to buy. If not, then you can just uh, talk to the speakers and presenters and listen to their presentations and hopefully come away with some uh, great knowledge. But uh, I think all in all, I think Bigfoot conferences are a good thing. I, I I know there's a lot of people that are down on them. There are people that call them flea markets and, and just wastes of time and money. And I don't feel that way. Uh, every time, like I said earlier, every time I go to one, I learn something. I walk away with something that I feel is important uh, that I probably would not have gotten otherwise. And plus you get that face-to-face interaction that you just don't get on the internet. It was great meeting a lot of the enthusiasts and researchers that I know of online and am friends with online, but I've never met in person. Um, had some great times. Uh, Todd Hale, Nate Rudd, uh, Kevin Llewellyn, you know, Dr. Alley. I mean, it was just so many people there. It was great to finally put, uh, you know, a name to, or a face to the name and, you know, give them a good handshake and, and just spend some time with them. So in my book, uh, Bigfoot conferences are 100% worth it. So if you guys uh, are curious about it or interested, I definitely think you should check one out. All right, guys. So I'm going to be back soon with some more Last Watch goodness. And uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, We've got some great stuff coming up for you. Some great content. We're actually going to start getting into my time in the woods uh, in the next episode. So be looking for that. I'm going to be reviewing Dr. Alley's new book, uh, Brushes with Bigfoot. So that's going to be coming up on a future episode. And uh, don't forget, on September 4th, we're going to be having the Boreal Bigfoot Expo in Alaska. It's going to be one of the first Bigfoot conferences in Alaska that I'm aware of. So tickets are on sale for that now. Uh, I'll be having Jesse Desmond here on the show here in the next few weeks uh, to promote that and uh, tell you more about it. Uh, It's pretty easy to find, though, if you just uh, Google Boreal Bigfoot Expo. Uh, They've got their own website where you can go buy tickets. Uh, look at who's going to be speaking and all that good stuff. And uh, we should be up there uh, on September the 4th. And uh, you can come by and see us and uh, listen to me drone on. So, all right, guys, I'm going to get off here. i got stuff to do. Uh, be sure and swing over to the YouTube channel and check out the videos. And um, I hope you guys are having a great summer. Good night.